Hey guys, this is Elle Clark. Welcome back to the Queen Speaks Podcast and this is season three. Guys, I am so excited and I cannot wait for you to listen to our new episodes. I'm telling you, they are life transforming. We have so many amazing women that are going to be on in this season and I want you guys to keep it locked right here. This is season three. Yes, three is the number of the Trinity and I do believe that God is going to do some great and mighty things in this season. Inspiration, dedication, leaders of a new generation. Teamwork, make the dream work. Building God's kingdom, know that she works. Legacy, it's her destiny. She's on a mission to change the course of history. Have you seen her? You should queen her. Listen when the queen speaks on your speakers. Welcome back. This is The Queen Speaks and I'm your host, Elle Clark. Today I'm here with Kishna Jade. Now Kishna has an amazing story of trial and triumph. And listen, I could not wait to get her on the show. Kishna, how are you doing today? I'm doing amazing. Thank you very much. Awesome. Now Kishna, you have a very powerful story. You have a story where you would have walked through um, some something that I don't feel, I feel no woman should have to walk through. You went through domestic violence. But what's even more remarkable about your story is the fact that you did not only just walk through it and conquered it, you now help others to do the same thing. Kishna, tell us a little bit about, you know, your story and background. Well, thank you for the introduction again. Um, about 11 years ago, I met someone who I thought was going to be my forever. Um, he introduced me to a lifestyle of family and um, togetherness that I wanted for myself. But this was not really his intention for me. Um, maybe six months down the line, I started to notice that things weren't what I thought that they would be. He would say little things to me that would chip at my self-esteem and um, he would do little things that would make me feel like I was less than. Um, and I start, slowly started to go through a decline. Like I started to lose hope in myself. I started to lose hope in my family. Um, and things just didn't go very well. So fast forward to a year and a half later, I get pregnant after he proposes to me. And he turned into this complete monster. He became extremely possessive. Wow. He became extremely um, degrading. He became emotional. Well, he already was emotionally abusive, but he kicked it up a notch once I got pregnant because in, I guess in his mind, he thought that I was going to take the baby and leave. Um, but I wasn't even thinking at that at that time because I was already um, in survival mode at that point. So whatever he wanted me to do, I was going to do it anyway. There was no thought in my mind to leave until after my daughter came. And I saw the way he treated me and my daughter was starting to pick up on things. And I said, I didn't want her to grow up to think this way, to think that this was okay, to think that her dad was allowed to treat me this way and treat her that way when she got older too. So I walked away. And I thought that walking away would, you know, just be the end of it. You know, I was in this really bad relationship. I'm going to walk away and things are going to be over and done with and I don't have to think about it anymore. That was the farthest thing from the truth. Um, the minute I decided to walk away, whatever I thought that he was doing that was bad, that went up times 100. Mm. He started stalking me. He started harassing me. He started um, doing crazy things to my car, 
uh, he was breaking into my house. He was telling my kids that I was evil and I was the devil and that I wasn't really their mother, that I kidnapped them from someone else because I wanted to take them over. It, it was crazy. And it got to a point that I was so depressed that I couldn't get out of the bed and take care of my own children. And I had a choice to make. I had to figure out how to heal from all of the stuff that I was going through so that it didn't affect my relationship with my children and the relationships that I had with the people around me. So I went on a journey of figuring out how to heal. I went to therapists, I went to counselors, but they didn't really do anything for me. Not that they were not good in their profession, but they didn't do anything for me. So um, I'm a believer of God. I asked God to give me the tools that I needed to learn how to heal, and that's exactly what happened. I picked up tools and I picked up... um, different methods along the way that helped me let go of the things that happened to me in the past. And now I'm here today trying to do the same for other people, help them figure out a way to heal and let go of things that happened to them in the past so that they can move forward with their future. That's really powerful. That's really, really powerful. Um, Can we backtrack just a bit? You know, you said something, you said, you know, when you got pregnant, everything got kicked up a notch. You know, he was worse than he was before. And you said one of the reasons you believe he did that is because he thought you were going to take the child away. Was that because of the fact that he knew that because of the way he was treating you, you were preparing to leave in your mind? Or did he also experience some trauma in his childhood with his mother? So he experienced trauma, but it wasn't in his childhood. So what I knew and I kept trying to figure out why was before Mm -hmm. me, he was with another person and they had a child together and she left and he never saw that child again. So coming into the relationship, I knew that. But again, a narcissistic manipulator is going to tell you what makes them look good. Yes. So he just kept saying that, you know, she had problems, she had mental health issues, and one day she just got up and she left. But then as I got more and more into the relationship and I said, well, that doesn't sound right because even if she had issues within herself, why would Mm -hmm. she not want the father of her child to take care of the child? Yes. Um, So I started asking questions and I was never able to get answers and no one wanted to tell me the truth. And then I got pregnant and I was like, I know why she left. <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow. So while you were going through, because a lot of times um, what I've seen, because I was a police officer, I was a detective, and I dealt with a lot of domestic violence cases, rape, molestation, and I too myself have walked through molestation and rape as well. And one thing I noticed about abusers is that they love to isolate you. During this relationship, during your relationship with him, um, you know, where was your family? Did you have any friends? You know, how how were you as it relates to outside relationships while you were going through all of this? So he definitely isolated me. Um, he created issues within my circle so that we would not be close anymore. He created issues with my family members. He created issues with my friends to the point that I wasn't talking to anyone and no one was reaching out to check on me. So it came to a point that it was just me by myself in the house with him. So whatever he did, no one knew about. Wow. Wow. So how were you able to, when you got out, because you tell us you left, you know, you just got up one day, you left, you know, take us through those moments. What was going through your head? You know, what were your steps? What did you do next? Take us through that. I remember sitting on the couch. I, we had two couches. I was on one, he was on the other, and my daughter was in between us. 
but she was next to him on the couch in between us. And she kept trying to crawl over to come towards me and he kept pushing her away from me. And she looked, mind you, she was a baby. She looked confused because you can see in her face, she said she was saying like, well, I want my mom. And he just kept pushing her away from me. And that was my aha moment. For me, that was when I realized I needed to get away. Because if she's a baby and this is what he's doing, I can only imagine what he's going to do when she gets older. And this is not what I want her to grow up in the environment of. So I waited until he left. He went to work and I took as much stuff as I could, as much stuff as I could pack in the baby bag. And I got in my car and I just left. When he came home and he realized that I wasn't home, he started calling me, calling me, calling me, calling me to the point that I had to put his phone on block. But we have a child together. So me being a caring, kind-hearted person, I said, well, I can't keep him from his child even if I decide that I don't want to be with him anymore. So we came up with an arrangement where he would see our daughter. And at the time I was pregnant and we decided once I had the baby, you know, on the days that he had the kids, he would have the kids. And on the days that I would have the kids, I would have the kids. But remember earlier I said he had a child with someone else. So yes. he knew all about the child support and child custody and all of those things. Oh. I'm all dumb. I don't know anything. <laughs> so he would get upset with me about something. He would want me to do something and I wouldn't comply. And he would just keep my daughter away from me. Um, and I would not see my daughter for weeks and weeks and weeks. So, And then wow. I got to the point I had my son. He did the same thing with both the kids now. It, I remember one time it was four months. I didn't see my kids for four months. And I said, I have to stop letting him control me. At this point, I had finally completely moved out. He took most of my things and wouldn't give it to me. So I had to literally start all over. He came to the house with the um, cops and he took my car because my car was registered in in his name. So now I have to get a brand new car, find a job, figure out a way to support me and my kids. And gracefully, my father let me stay with him so I can get back on my feet. I said, I can't do this anymore. This is making it more difficult for me to live. I can't see my kids. And that's all I can think about. I'm not being productive at work. So I went and I filed for custody. Once I filed for custody, he didn't even show up to court. I won custody. And then he turned around and went back to custody and filed for a modification. And I'm just like, wow, leave me be. I moved out. You kept all my things. That's fine. You took my car. That's fine. I'm going to figure out a way to get back on my feet. I filed for custody. If you wanted custody, you would have showed up. You didn't. Why are you fighting me for it now? Wow. So after the custody battle, were you like, were there modifications done to it? Or you got sole custody of the children? I still have sole custody of the children and he is still fighting me seven years later, going on eight because my daughter's going to be eight in a couple months. Eight years later, he's still fighting me. Wow. Oh my goodness. So how have you been able to maintain your peace even in the midst of this continuous fight? That's a tricky question. Um, I had to learn how to keep forgiving myself for reacting towards him. Wow. That's good. He's never stopped doing something. 
And I have to come to the realization that he's never going to stop doing whatever he can to try to attack me and to hurt me and to bring me down. So I had to figure out a way for myself to not allow those attacks to hurt me. And for me, that forgiving myself for all the times that I did react to him attacking me. Once I was able to come up with that solution for myself, like, okay, you know, he's going to attack. Just don't react. Keep going. Whatever the attack is, as long as it doesn't physically hurt you, it's not a big deal. Once I got to that mind frame, once I was able to get myself to understand this, my peace automatically came with it. Wow. That's powerful. Now, was he mentally and physically abusive? Gracefully, he wasn't physically abusive. He was mentally, okay. emotionally, and psychologically manipulative. And and sometimes we find that that's the worst. That yes. That's the worst because after you get hit, you know, for the most part, you know, you may you probably will recover. But it's that mental, that psychological attack that really lasts a lot longer. And so yeah. how were you able to use the Bible? Because I know that you say that you believe in Christ. How were you able to use the Bible to strengthen your faith as you were, as you were walking through your transformation and deliverance process? It's funny. I was actually talking about this last night in one of my, my coaching sessions. Yeah. Um, one thing that we don't acknowledge, especially as women and mothers and um, caregivers, is our self-worth is equated to our self-care. Mm, that's powerful. So as, thank you. As I was struggling, one of the things that I was completely not doing was taking care of myself. And I got to a point where I hit rock bottom and I said, God, I need you to pick me back up. Whatever that looks like, I've been trying it on my own. Obviously, I keep failing. It's not working. I can't do this by myself anymore. I need you to do this for me because I, I, I'm too tired. I can't do it anymore. And in the process of him picking me up, he was also showing me who I was. In him showing me who I was when I looked in the mirror. Because before this, every time I looked in the mirror, I just saw this ugly person looking back at me. I was depleted, I was tired. I didn't have anything left to give to anyone, including my children, but especially myself. So as he was showing me who I was and I started looking in the mirror, I started to see these pieces of myself come back. I started to transition from this ugly creature that was looking back in the mirror to this beautiful person who had to take care of herself in order to take care of everything and everyone around her. He gave me my self-care and my self-worth back. And that was how I was able to be able to continue and to keep going and to keep fighting for my kids and for myself. That is so good. And you know, you really, that that was like a nugget that you just dropped. Your self-worth is connected to your self-care. That is so powerful. And when you really think about it, yes, because if you think, you know, if you have or you think highly of yourself, there's a way you're going to carry yourself. There's some things you're going to do. There's some things that you're not going to allow. There's some boundaries that you're going to put up to ensure that your relationships are reciprocal. And I thought that was so good that you mentioned it. And also when you talked about the mirror, I am also a believer in God. And I remember after walking through rape, like I said, I was a detective and I investigated rape. And so that was a very horrible time in my life. And I remember the Holy Spirit telling me to look in the mirror and to tell myself what happened to me. 
from childhood, like coming up to adulthood. And I was trying to figure out, I was like, God, this don't make no sense. I know what happened to me. Why do I have to repeat what happened to me? And I did it anyway. And as I began to do that, I realized that there were so many hidden hurts that I had. Um, it's like I had suppressed them. I, I hadn't gotten over them. I hadn't dealt with them, but I had suppressed them. But everything came up when I spoke to myself in the mirror. And so when you said, you know, you were looking in the mirror and at first you didn't like what you saw, but you realized you were able to see um, what God was doing in you and you were able to see the beautiful butterfly that you had become. I think that is so powerful because looking in the mirror is like looking like Michael Jackson's song, Man in the Mirror. It is so important for us to look at ourselves, not just physically, but inwardly, so that we will be able to see, you know, you know, what are some things in my life that I need to change? What are some boundaries that I need to establish in my life so that the people around me know how to treat me? We teach people how to treat, how to treat us in some yep. cases. And so I thought, I just thought that was really powerful that you shared that. And I know that the listeners are going to gain, I'm, I'm really going to be transformed by this. So you are a coach and you help women that are in similar situations as the one that you have successfully come out of. You know, how has it, how has your coaching business been? You know, what are some of your highlight moments? So I, because I'm a, a perfectionist, which is crazy because I don't believe in perfection. <laughs> but I'm perfectionist. <laughs> because I'm a perfectionist, I was a little leery about it in the beginning. And I was like, well, why would people want to come to me? Why would people want to listen to me and allow me to help them? You know, I'm just a person. I don't have a lot of degrees behind me, you know. Yeah. But I was like, you know what? I feel it in my heart. And one thing that I learned along this journey is I need to listen to that little voice inside of me that tells me to do something. Because nine times out of 10, that's God. So I started listening to that little voice inside of me that said, go ahead, you can do this. And, you know, I got my first client and I worked with them. And at the end of our program, Mm -hmm. um, she said, you changed my life. Wow. And for me, that was powerful because all I did was listen to her and get her to pull out the stuff in her that was already there, but she wasn't seeing within herself. Mm. So to me, that was powerful because I don't feel like I did anything, but God wanted me to see that I have this thing inside of me that I can give to other people. So I said, okay, I can do this. And I got a couple of more clients and it was the same. It was, you helped me so much. You changed my perspective and it changed my life. Wow. That's so I, I, you know, I'm a humble person, but the coaching has been extremely successful thus far. That's I've been able That's to nice. really help people in terms of parenting, in terms of relationship, in terms of coming out of a traumatic situation, in terms of getting over divorce, um, even people in relationships who are struggling to have communication and marriages, I've been able to help these people pull out the answers that they need to fix their marriage, fix their parenting issues, come over their trauma. The coaching has been extremely successful thus far, and I can only equate that to God. That's amazing, and congratulations, congratulations. Oh my goodness. Now tell me, I want you to give our listeners three telltale signs that they are dealing with a narcissist. And I know isolation has to be one of them. And I want you to go a little bit in depth um, with them, but give us three telltale signs that you are in a relationship with a narcissist. So someone who doesn't take accountability for anything 
is a narcissist. Whenever something happens, it's someone else's fault. It's as a result of something that somebody else did. It's never something that they did that landed them in that position. It's always someone else. That's a telltale sign that you're dealing with a narcissist. And that's a red flag, a major red flag. Someone who is too good to be true. Someone who literally seems like the perfect person, does everything perfect. You guys never get into an argument. They're this like Prince Charming and they do everything. Nothing is wrong within the first six months to a year. That's a red flag because people are imperfect. They're going to do something wrong. You're going to have disagreements. That's not normal. That's a red flag. Lastly, someone who uses money as a tool so it's going to be very um, low-key in the beginning. Mm. Someone who constantly uses money to buy you things, to take you out, to maybe they might be buying you a new car. And it's very quick, within the first six months to a year, they're getting mm. you a new car. They're showing you that they have all this money and they can do things that you can't do because your money is not long enough, right? Mm-hmm. This is a sign of a narcissist because they're using their financial means in order to manipulate you so that they can start their little trouble. Wow. 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 That's really, really powerful. Oh my goodness. It is, it's really sad to know that so many of us and so many women are actually walking through and are in relationships where they are not being true to who they are. They are being manipulated because of their financial stance. They may not be, you know, may not have the money that they desire to maintain the lifestyle that they've become accustomed to within these relationships. And it is so good that that people like you, that there are women like you that are using your story to help other women see the light. Because sometimes, you know, sometimes if you are isolated, you can think what you're going through is normal. You may think it's okay, you know, this is just a part of life. When in fact, you are in a toxic situation. Have you ever interviewed or coached any, you know, any person who believed before meeting you or hearing the stories of others that what they were going through was normal? Honestly, I was one of them. Oh, wow. Even with me saying that I, I saw things in my relationship and I didn't want my daughter to think that this was okay, it didn't click in my brain that this was an abusive relationship. It wasn't until maybe three years after I completely walked away and I was on my feet. Um, I got my own place to stay. I moved that, you know, I was really actually getting to a stable point and I had a conversation with someone and I said, um, you know, X, Y, and Z happened in my last relationship. So I made the decision to leave. And they said that was abuse. And I said, well, no, it wasn't. He never put his hands on me. And they said, oh, they took my hand. And that that's always the sign. They took my hand and she said, oh, baby, that was abuse. That was the aha moment for me. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. So I can relate. You don't always, especially if it doesn't look like how we think it's supposed to look like, right? Yeah. We're, we're conditioned to believe that an abusive relationship is someone hitting you. And yeah. if they don't hit you, then it's not abuse. Mm, but forcing good. yourself onto your partner is abuse. Using money to manipulate your partner is abuse. Walking down to your partner and then turning around and coming home with flowers and trying to act like everything is okay is abuse. Yeah. There are so many different types of abuse that we are just not educated on so that we don't realize that we're not in a healthy relationship. That's good. Wow. 
Oh my gosh, this is so this is so powerful. I could talk to you all day. But Kishna, before we leave, let us know. You know what's new for you. What what you know what? How can the people connect with you? Um, are there any books? Let us know. You know what what what's what's going on with you. So I definitely wrote a book, six, Ste- six steps to overcoming your trauma mentality. Um, if you follow me on Instagram at Kishna J underscore, you can sign up for a free copy of the book. I also have a, a workshop coming out next Thursday about parenting, six steps to debunking parenting myths, stuff that people tell us when we're pregnant and transitioning into parenting. It's just not true. <laughs> we're going to go over that next Thursday on the 17th at 7 p.m. If you also go on my Instagram page, you can sign up for that workshop. And in July, I'm starting a new session of a 12-week parenting program for coaching. So if you're interested in getting coaching for your parenting issues that you're having within your family, you can sign up for that as well. Awesome, awesome. Krishna, I just want to say thank you so much for being a part of the Queen Speaks podcast. I pray that God continues to expand your borders. He continues to enlarge your territory and use your voice to transform the lives of women, children, and men all over the world. Thank you very much. Krishna, you have a blessed and awesome day. Thank you, you too.